Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochilprano. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Happy October 25th, 2021. It's a big yeah. day. It's a big day today. What's the day? No, it's nothing. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't know if I missed one of those random holidays they like to do well yesterday was national tight end day hmm, interesting you didn't see that at all in the games i i heard that being mentioned i didn't know if that was a joke or not i guess it basically was a started as a joke by george kittle and then it gained enough traction for the nfl to talk about it on okay. make it a thing and he didn't even play yesterday yeah i was gonna say they could have used that there's just their one tight end on national tight end day. Yeah. But Kyle Pitts really represented on national tight end day for the Falcons. He, he got off to a slow start this season, but looks like he's turning into the guy people thought he would be. Yeah. Being called the, a generational tight end prospect coming out this year. A lot of pressure. Yeah. But when you, when you, you know, when you have that, I think it takes a minute, but we got we got so much to talk about with it the National take, Football League. It doesn't League. take a minute. It didn't take a minute for Jamar Chase, who has now received more yards in his first seven games than any player in NFL history. You know, a lot of people talking about Kyle Pitts, the high expectations. Perhaps it was the low expectations on the Bengals set by you, Andy Ruther, the blatant attack on the pick of Jamar Chase and the calling for yet another season of failure seems as though, I mean, there are Bengals fans, Justin Woods turned up, you know, I'm sure your entire city of Cincinnati is turned up. I said, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like the pick of Chase over Sewell, but obviously, you know, they could have, they could both have been, you know, home run picks in, uh, Cincinnati, but I got to say, I turned around on them on, uh, in the Packers game. Like I said, just showed me a lot in terms of hanging in that game against a great team. And you are still not buying in even after. And I can't believe I even let you get away with it because I still wanted to take them and then had to take the Ravens because you were like, the spreads too big. I think you low key know that the Bengals are good is why you picked them and pick them but you you're having a hard time admitting this because of your hate well you know? there's a few things a few things i'd like to address and now there's a lot i'm gonna address about this i'm taking you know we'll play a call there's a lot of tweets coming my way um the first thing is i still still yeah it's just seven games in i still think you take an o lineman i still think that's a bad pick for a few different reasons. One, the, the skill positions, they come and go. We, we all know that. 
And, and to me, the skill positions are much easier to replace than a solid O lineman that's going to protect your quarterback for eight to 10 years. Jamar Chase is off to a record breaking rookie year. Yeah. So it's hard to say you would still take it, right? Like, I'm saying I still would. I still would. Because Burrow is still getting hit left and right. Burrow shredded a knee his I mean, rookie he got, year. He was sacked once yesterday. He's still getting hit left and right. Still getting hit left and right. He shredded a knee. You and I ourselves have both agreed and discussed this. Who is a quarterback who had a severe injury his first or second year who was then not injury prone the rest of his career? Is Drew Brees the only exception? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think we definitely talked about it. I don't, I don't remember who else we came up with, but. Um, I mean, I, I, mean, I can start listing guys. We're, we're, we're definitely getting caught in the weeds here. I mean, you they're, they're They blew out the Ravens. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to address that. I'm going to address all this. So the Bengals are a good team. I'm not done. They're playing good football. You still think they went six games? Well, clearly they're not going to do that. They're going to most likely be above 500. What I am still claiming is they will not win a playoff game. But now, but now you think they make the playoffs? They have a good chance. I, I, I would put, if you had a gun to my head, I would say yes. How does it feel being in Cincinnati with just the whole city's got to be who dang? They're fucking delusional. They're idiots. They're all idiots. It's, it's like they forget the last 30 years. And, and that's the facts I want to bring in. They, they forget. Guys, the Bengals have had a good team for like the last 15 years. They've put out some squats in the regular season. You say it best. It's a Super Bowl or bust league. The expectation is so low in this city. It's pathetic, dude. It's pathetic. I want my, I want my team to make the Super Bowl if I'm rooting for my team. You have that expectation as a New York Giants fan. You want Super Bowls. The Steel, look at the Bengals division. Steelers fans, Ravens fans, they want Super Bowls. Now Browns fans want that because now that they're good. The expectation is so low. It's pathetic. It is. But they're five and two. They are. They're, be they're, they're beating the Ravens teams that expect Super Bowls. They're kicking the, sh the shit And they've out done of this before, Joe. And that's all I'm saying. This marks, I looked it up. I had to. Take a guess how many times since 2005 the Cincinnati Bengals have started five or two or better. Two times. Seven, including this year. Seven. Seven. That's what I want. That's what I want everybody to hear is like, dude, you're not good. They're not going. They have started five and two or better seven times since 2005. Guess how many playoff wins they have? Zero. But you also, you were also in, you were the leader. You were the band leader. You were the head of the parade of blaming Andy Dalton. You didn't, you didn't like Andy Dalton. You, you, you know, you, you have many an angry rant. We can put together a highlight reel of Andy Dalton rants. They now have a quarterback who's taken first overall, won a national championship in college, who has been great. Okay. I knew, I knew that was coming. So of those seven, guess what? Guess who was a part of some of those seven, the number one overall pick Carson Palmer. Guess, let's, let's look Joe at Burrow is a lot better than Carson Palmer. But let's look at the comparisons. Let's look at the comparisons between all these Bengals teams that started off hot. And I already, I already can see Bengals fans. Bengals fans get mad. I'm just hitting facts with you. I'm just hitting facts. The facts are the Cincinnati Bengals do not win under Mike Brown when it matters. 
Those are the facts. They've had a number one overall quarterback before. They've had a star wide receiver with him before, whether it's Ocho Cinco or A.J. Green, a la Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I refuse, and, I'm, and I already made a bet with Goldberg. Goldberg already bet me $50. The Cincinnati Bengals will not win a playoff game. They will not win a playoff game this year. Now, what do you think about the fact that, that Joe Burrow looks so good, looks like a new, certainly a new era in Cincinnati Bengals football? I mean, he was drafted first overall a couple years ago. Do you think they win five playoff games in the next five years? No. I don't think they win a playoff game as long as the Brown family owns the team. That wow. curse is real. <laughs> Dude, you, I, 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 here, here's the thing. Why should I change my... It's just like the Clippers. Why should I change my mind? I just hit you with... Set, dude, that's actually a great stat. How many teams... Think about this, Joe. You said two. I knew you were going to be way below because no one, no one would expect that the Bengals have had that many good teams in the last 15 years. How many teams in the NFL of 32 do you think have started five or two and better seven times in the last 16 years? Five teams, maybe. Se- seven teams. It's probably pretty low. And the Bengals haven't won a playoff game. And until that changes, until you win a playoff game, I am going to doubt you. The the only constant with the Cincinnati Bengals from 2005 until now, they've had different coaches, they've had different quarterbacks. The only constant is that buffoon calling the shots. And as long as he's in charge, I refuse to believe they win a playoff game. And when they do, then I'll change my tune. But until then... I'll bet people like Goldberg $50 about a playoff game. I'll bet anybody any amount of money. They killed the Ravens yesterday. They played better. But let, let's look at the standings right now. But let's look at them. The Bengals are number one seed, right? They're the number one seed. Now, I don't think it happens, but if they get the number one seed in the bye, is that winning a playoff game? No, I don't count that. But let's let's look at the top seven teams right now, Joe. Because I think I think this is where I'm going to win you over on some of these. Do you hate? Do you hate the bang? At this point, do you hate the Bengals more than you like your four teams that you root for? Do you? I don't hate. hate, Is is your is your hate for the Bengals stronger than your like for the Rams, Chargers? What I hate is Seahawks. I hate I hate having a an awful owner who doesn't care about his fan base and a fan base that continues to grow. To, to crawl back and think, oh, it's di-. dude. If I hear it's different this time, one more fucking time, it's not different until you win a playoff game. End of story. It's not different. I just listed six previous examples when they had great starts and they never won a playoff game. So it's not different until you win. It's just not. But I agree with you. I mean, I think in, in this league, you look around the league, the quarterback position is so important. I agree with you that Marvin Lewis had, you know, certainly had problematic uh, coaching decisions. But, and, you know, was, was Andy Dalton good enough to win a playoff game? Yeah, but Andy Dalton was never good enough to win a Super Bowl. I think uh, Carson Palmer is the original Kirk Cousins, great against shitty teams, shitty against good teams. So he was never in position. Like Joe Burrow's a lot better than both of those guys, a lot better than both of those guys. And in this league that's dominated by quarterback play, he gets taken first overall. Yeah, he gets hurt, but he's been great. Like, doesn't that d- d- don't you think a great QB in a, in this league can overcome 
shitty ownership? I think Joe Burrow is great. I don't think he can overcome Mike Brown. Again, I, I still say he doesn't last all season. I don't think he starts all 17 games. I just don't. He's already been banged up a lot. He already hurt himself last year. And by the way, I don't want Joe Burrow to get hurt. I think Joe Burrow is great. I mean, this is the ultimate test. To me, Joe Burrow is the guy. Can he test the curse of Bengals owner Mike Brown? Can he test 31 years of zero playoff wins? But if you, if you look right now in the playoffs, let's, let's look at the top, top teams. I'll just go in order. As of today, October 25th, Bengals one seed, Raiders two seed, Titans three seed, Bills four seed, Ravens five, Chargers six, Cleveland seven, Pittsburgh eight, New England nine, Colts 10, Chiefs 11. We'll go down there. Joe, the truth is, I don't like the Bengals against any of these teams in the playoffs, especially teams that have experience or teams that have coaches who've already been to AFC championships or Super Bowls. Zach Taylor is not a good coach. He's not. And, and, and again, this is where it comes back to the owner. People want to say, oh, what does the owner have to do with it? They hired Zach Taylor. Let's not forget. Let's look at Zach Taylor's history. Zach Taylor was the quarterback's coach under Sean McVay for the Rams. When classic Cincinnati Bengals move, you hire a quarterback's coach because you're so cheap. You don't want to pay a good offensive coordinator or a good defensive coordinator. So you go the cheap route. You pay the guy who was under McVay. And let's be honest, McVay was the quarterback's coach for Jared Goff as well. So that was just a title that Zach Taylor had. So come playoff time, I don't care if the Bengals are at home. I don't like Zach Taylor against any of those teams, especially coaches with playoff experience. Well, the Raiders have a coach who's an interim head coach. You know, the, I mean, look at some of those. You go down that list again, there's certainly, yeah, the, the Titans are a, a proven playoff commodity. The Bills, the, Bills the Ravens, proven play, but like the Browns won the, a game. The Ravens year. aren't a proven playoff commodity by any means. The well, Ravens yeah, they are. With, with Lamar Jackson, they're not winning a ton of playoff games. But Harbaugh has been to how many AFC championships and he won a Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying come playoff time when it matters most. The Chargers certainly don't have a proven coach. They don't, but he was a stud defensive coordinator who led the number one ranked defense last year. Hence, he got the job. That's my point on Zach Taylor. It, it's, it's, you don't have a, you have a coach who got a job because the owner didn't want to pay but money. So far, it's working out. It's working out this year. Again, until you win a playoff game, this doesn't mean anything to me. And, and I, I'm, I'm not changing my tune. I will enjoy. I'm going to go to the Bengals Chargers game, and I'll be wearing Chargers gear. And I'll go. My buddy's flying to town from San Francisco. He wants to see the Niners in Cincinnati. I'll root for the Niners. Until the – dude, the Brown family is the worst. They're the worst owners in football. When is the Chargers game? I think it's December 5th. December 5th or the 12th. I mean, what? So if they go, you know, 14 and three, you don't believe? No. I don't believe they'll win a playoff game. 
Until you do it, change my mind. Just like I don't think the Clippers are going to make the NBA Finals until they do it. Prove me wrong. I got a history on my side. I have a 30-year period of very good, successful, young, talented Bengals teams. Teams that so even start- the Clippers, the Clippers, the, the, the thing with the Clippers was always the Clippers could never even make a conference finals. They made the conference finals last year. Like these things happen. Okay. And then I'll maybe change my tune. Why would I change my tune until that happens? That's the counter argument. Why should I change my tune? Joe, the amount of times I've heard this year is different. Well, I mean, I don't even the this year is different thing. I'm not I'm not in Cincinnati. I don't know Cincinnati Bengals fans. I don't care about Cincinnati uh, or the Bengals like being good. I'm just saying, though, that this year is different to me is if you look around the league, forget coaches, because honestly, we have some coaches who have been carried along by shitty but you know some shitty coaches who have been carried along by great players um like i'm not judging zach taylor coming in on what he's done so far by any means because you know what did he accomplish last year but and, and turning around but like this is a quarterback's league these days and the best teams have great quarterbacks yeah, but and again, Joe, to- Joe Burrow looks like I'm surprised Joe Burrow has looked as good. Like I thought he was due for a rockier start in the NFL just by being drafted to a bad team. Just by like, he's been really good. He has. The key is, can he stay healthy? And I think that's a, le- that's not me being anti Burrow. That's a legitimate concern when a guy shreds his knee his first year and a guy who's taking a lot of hits. T- to me, the best thing or I shouldn't say the best thing. The surprising thing about this Bengals team is they have a really, really good defense. I didn't see that coming. Their defense is legit. And it's really good. And they shut out Lamar yesterday. But I'll play a call. I'll play, I'll play a, an Andy Ruther hate call because it's only fair. Hey guys, it's Joey from Minnesota. Um, just sitting here watching the Bengals put up 40 points on the Baltimore Ravens. And I gotta say, I was, I was thinking about Andy Ruther and uh, I was also thinking about all of the Bengals fans. And I just, I got excited. I was like, man, these guys, they kind of deserve it. They finally, I just feel so bad for some guy sitting in Ohio, hates his life. The one thing he's got is the Bengals. And then Andy yells at him and says it's their fault, blames the fans. And I noticed that Andy Ruther is kind of the Candace Owens of Bengals fans. You know what I mean? I don't know, guys. I, I, I feel I feel really happy. I feel really happy for the Bengals fans. And uh, as, a, as a Vikings fan myself, got to say, I hope, I hope they do something this year. Condoms. Uh, condoms are for, are for Candy Ruther. Just kidding, guys. Stay dirty. First of all, I don't. I don't called you a race trader. I don't. I don't understand. Oh, is that what he's saying? I don't. Because I said I don't get the analogy. Yeah, she's a. She's a. You know, she's I mean, a racist. She's an anti-black black person. Well, an I mean, anti-Cincinnati Cincinnati person. I don't. Uh, I mean, I've heard some of the stuff. I don't really follow. I don't really know much about her. But, um. I, appreciate- also, I don't know. I don't know if his comparison was deep enough that you're 
you're an anti you're uh you're a race trader just for clicks which is also her thing you know well he's racist against her own people just for internet clout i i again i don't i don't know much about her but i know what he's saying kind of feeds into my argument joey i you know this is well, first of all, what he's saying, like, I don't feel bad for like this whole this whole notion that we I have to feel bad for some guy who's living in Cincinnati and his life sucks because all he has is Applebee's and and fucking disappointing football seasons is like, bro, get the fuck out of Ohio. I mean, I'll just say it again. 2005, 2009, 2011, 2013, 2014, 2015. 2016, like. 2021. How many times are we going to do this? They've started all five and two or better. That's what I'm saying. I've heard this. You, you understand. I think you have to understand my sentiment, right? When I've I heard, uh, listen, I uh, totally understand fan bases and I understand fan bases getting turned up. I understand Justin Wood has a TJ Hushman Zada jersey. I, I understand this. I understand my counter to that is simply that. The thing that does make this year different is that in all those seasons, in my opinion, the Cincinnati Bengals never had a quarterback that could actually lead them deep into the playoffs. I never believed in Carson Palmer. You can go back on this show into but, the but Joe, Carson Palmer for MVP in Arizona takes no, that people I, had. I, I know that, but. But, you know, I, I don't think you, you probably weren't. Were you saying that this is way before I even knew you? I'm saying Carson Palmer in his second year as a starter, Joe Burrow's second year as a starter, leads the team to 11 wins, division title. My point is, and he was the number one pick. Like, we didn't know in Palmer's second year, what, right, what he had. I'm saying, so there are very similar comparisons. This is Burrow's second year. Now, granted, Palmer did not win a national title at USC, but he won a Heisman trophy. Joe Burrow wins a Heisman trophy. I'm saying that there are very, they're both number one overall picks. They both in their second year are going to probably lead their teams to the playoffs. There are very similar comparisons. That's yeah, all I'm and, saying. And, and listen, I can only judge. I can only judge Joe Burrow on what he's done so far. I haven't seen Joe Burrow be Carson Palmer uh, and, and play shitty against good teams and good against shitty teams. Like he came out yesterday and he, Beat the shit out of the Ravens. My, my, my thing is this to anybody who's a Bengals fan. You, I don't know how you're not guarded. And I know a lot of these fans who are, and I have no problem with that. They're like, hey, man, I got season tickets. I like going to the games. I like tailgating. I like getting drunk at Paul Brown Stadium. But I also know they have a bad history, and I don't expect much. That's fine. What I can't stand, and, and sorry, Justin, you're one of them. Is, this year's different. This year's different. Dude, you've been saying this for 20, 30 fucking years. Uh, my argument, I think, and I'm not arguing on behalf of Bengals fans everywhere. I would almost argue that not that this season's different because seasons come and go, but that this era has potential of being different because you have the quarterback in place, which in the NFL is such a big, important thing. Until he gets another knee shredded. Sure. Until he gets I another knee shredded. Yeah, same, same, same as the Bucs, I guess. The Bucs look great unless Tom Brady shreds his knee for the second time in his career. You're right, but Tom Brady has only shredded his knee once. And, and Joe Burrow's only shredded his knee once. And Tom Brady shred his knee, you know, his 
his fifth yeah, year exactly. as a starter. It is a little different, not his first year. I, I, I'm just saying, hey, hey, if people want to make $50 wagers with me like Goldberg. I don't know. I, I, I don't know a team that I'm wagering $50 on straight up that they win a playoff game right now. The Rams, the Rams, I'll, I'll, I'll wager. Uh, I don't know who else I'm wagering for sure. Straight up $50 playoff win. Look, the AFC is is really interesting because the best teams have two or you know two losses. Where the NFC, I mean, you have some. It's a top heavy league. You have you know five teams with one or less loss. So so we'll see how it plays out. That's I mean, per, that's precisely why I'm like, who is winning for you know what I mean? Because in one league, you know you've got teams I don't necessarily think are sure thing, believe in them. And the other league, I'm like, I believe in all those teams. So anybody could beat anybody on any given Sunday. Do I think that the, you know, a Packers Cardinals matchup in a playoff game? Like I know which way that's going to go. I know which way, uh, you know, like I have fucking no idea. Yeah. I, I still believe, like I said, last episode, I'm like, even though they play a close game against Detroit again, it's just like, the the Rams to me just seem so complete and just seem to grind. Like even when that game gets close, they get Jalen Ramsey picks off pass in the end zone and the game. It's like, there's just so many playmakers on that team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Now, now I'm bummed that the Rams didn't cover, but, but I'm glad you bring up that game because I think, I think to me that is actually an app sort of comparison with the Lions and the Bengals franchise, the amount of articles I saw about the Lions and like, oh, they, you know, a moral, there are no moral victories in the National Football League. That is stupid. That Like that game, they lost. They did everything possible to win. They do the onside kick. They run the fake punt. Campbell does everything possible. I, I, I'm seeing articles. It's such a shit take about, oh, this is changing the culture around in Detroit. They haven't won a fucking game. So, so it's the same thing I have about the Bengals. Until you win a playoff game, nothing has changed for me. The Detroit Lions are the same. There's no culture change when you start. Yeah, I, I guess my argument against the, uh, like, I, I think where they're different is, again, you go down to the players. Like, the Lions, I think, are a significantly worse franchise than the Bengals because the lions have had multiple players in their history who are better than anybody who's ever walked on the field as a Cincinnati Bengal. Those people are retiring just not to be there. They had a quarterback in place for 10 years, 11 years, who now is, you know, the, the finally one who got freed without having to retire. And they had their Joe Burrow. And they were they were never five and two because the, well, they ben, the, been, the, but yeah. the Lions fucking suck as a franchise. They just they don't do anything right. They're terrible. But 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 that's also my point. I don't know if you saw those. I saw a fair a few of articles being like, oh, moral vit dude, you lost. There, yeah, there's that's, no, there's, that's the worst. That's the worst take of all time. There's not a moral victory. You, you played, I agree with you as far as how good the Rams are. You played arguably the best team in the NFL, close, 
but you lost. So it yeah, doesn't matter. But dude, there's suicide pools because on any given week, somebody's going to fucking lose. Sure. Like, on any given week, you know, the Saints don't even look like a halfway decent football team. They beat the shit out of the Packers. Like, you know, this playing a close game means nothing. You're going to have close games. I've, I mean, the fucking Kent Graham, New York Giants beat the undefeated Broncos. Like games just happen. You lost. You you had your opportunity to be a game that they look past to next week when they're playing somebody who's definitely better since you're the worst team in the league. And you have a chance to steal a game. There's this Jared Goff bulletin board material and whatever. And you just fucking lost. And you throw a pick to end the game. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey is a stud, by the way. And, and, and I know we, we know that, but what's impressed me this year, I knew, I knew how great of a cover corner he was, but he is tough as nails. And like, I love that one blitz they brought him on yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. And when he gets to Goff and he, and he lights up Goff, I just, and, and he's a great tackler. He can tackle in the open field. I, I might have to agree with you. I know Arizona's undefeated, but I might have to agree with you as far as well again slightly giving the know, Rams the edge. You you look at you look at playoff experience, coaching, like the whole thing. Like the the Cardinals definitely showed something in waxing the Rams that week, but you know, we still have obviously the Seahawks are out of the mix without Russ. The the NFC West that looked like it could be so top heavy is now, you know, the top and bottom. Like the the Niners have two, you know, roughed up quarterbacks struggling, not looking good. So it's now the Rams and the the Cardinals. Be interesting to see, you know, the they play again. So forget meeting in a playoff game. They still meet again in the regular season. Big disappointment for the Niners so far. Absolutely. I mean, again, last night, I, I, I never feel when I watch them that they're ever in control of anything, ever. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know where that leaves them. But like, like, where does this leave the Niners? Obviously, they have injuries, like you said, at the quarterback position. But even their D, which is pretty good or can be good, I know last night was a sloppy, wild, erratic yeah, I mean, game. Down, like, and also they're down running backs. They're down Kittle. They're down like there's guys hurt all over that team. But I, we go back to the same thing. This is a quarterback. Like they drafted a quarterback in the top three or whatever it was. They don't believe in Garoppolo, and now one way or the other, if you're the third best team in the NFC West. Like, I think no matter what happens, if if this is where your record's at right now, the, as the second Trey Lance is healthy, he just has to play. Yeah. Whether you think he gives you the best chance to, to win or not, he has to play because you have to know. Sure. I, I agree. You clearly don't have confidence in Jimmy G. And he hasn't he hasn't done it like if you know the the thing with Jimmy G is you have to win this game, you have to win you have to win games you're supposed to win to keep the guy on the bench if he's healthy. You know what I mean? Like, but you're not doing that. 
The Colts yeah. aren't good. The Colts aren't good. I know everybody's like on this, like the Colts are the best team that aren't going to make the playoffs or the Colts are the best team with a loser. It's like the Colts are not good. They're not. They're fine, but they're not good. I wouldn't bet on the Colts to win against any team, essentially. Like I, I look at, I look at the Colts schedule. I look at, you know, my money and my gambling accounts. I'm not going like, yeah, I love the Colts line today. They're, they're unpredictable. They're sloppy. They're not good. But I think we both took them to cover the spread. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have no money on that. I, you know, we got, I got to pick somebody. Sure. I, well, they're a team you can't figure out, right? They, they were killing Baltimore. They lose that game. You, you know, they've been, they've been in basically all these games. Well, I, th- yeah. And I think, I think what you can figure out is that they're inconsistent. Yeah. That they're that you know, you need you need to be like this is what a team is capable of every given week. This is the effort they're going to give. This is whatever, and it's like they're not they're not there. Well, I, I think the inconsistency is just a reflection of their quarterback because Carson Wentz is very inconsistent. And another team that has been very inconsistent, almost not even inconsistent, because consistently just playing bad is the Chiefs and and. At what point are we going to say it's too late to turn this around? Not just defensively, because they're defensively like historically bad, but offensively, they're not good right now. No. And I have a lot of hot takes on the Chiefs. One is I'd almost say that defensively, Spagnola has a better resume just as a defensive coordinator than Andy Reid has a head, as a head coach. And I think at some point we need to take a look at this as an overall coaching failure from a guy who went so long without it, was always in the mix. He's one of the great coaches. He gets it. He puts on his Hawaiian shirt. He goes to fucking, you know, the the Kansas City barbecue places like Wimpy and has like a, a you know a stack of cheeseburgers in front of him. And he's going to set a record. It seems like you win that Super Bowl, you get to the Super Bowl, or you get you get on the precipice of a Super Bowl in the in the year that you know they're off sides. You win a Super Bowl last year. You start, you know, you lose a Super Bowl. It just seems like was that the peak? Was that peak Andy Reid? Was like that that was as high as it's gonna be, and we're never gonna see that level from him again. Did he get his success and that's it? Because my thing when I watch the Chiefs, I almost feel like you remember they started out with Patrick Mahomes on the bench behind Alex Smith. And when he comes in, they're they're playing one style of play and he's just excelling in it. And now the last couple of years, it's all been about like, we're not afraid to call any play. We'll do this thing where they all get to the line and they all spin around and then they're in different positions. And then we're just, we're throwbacks or whatever. It's like at some point, the way this season's going, I almost think you got to be like, Hey, you guys need to go back to the Alex Smith offense where Patrick Holmes isn't just running around in the backfield, hoping for somebody to get open so he can sling a sidearm, no look 60 yarder. Like 
it just seems like they're now at the point where they're like, we're really good offensively. We know it. We can just do whatever we want. We'll figure it out. And it's like, you're not figuring it out. He's getting the ball taken away from him regularly. He leads the NFL in turnovers. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like no one's, he's, Patrick Mahomes has more turnovers than any other player in the NFL. Yeah. And you can say, oh, he's, he's throwing all his touchdowns. Yeah, but he has a bad, t- he has a bad touchdown interception ratio this year. You and I talk about you. You can't turn the ball over in 2021 NFL. You just can't. And they are. And he is. And, and also, and- but like the defensively, they're not scoring. They're not score. Forget defense. Like, oh, they gave up 27, like 27. That didn't used to be enough to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. You're so right. You can, you can complain about the defensive play all you want. They scored three points. Yeah. I saw something interesting too. And I, and I don't know where there's a stat on it. There probably isn't. It was saying Mahomes has thrown a lot. If you follow his career, and it was kind of making sense just from someone who's right watched Mahomes as we have, as anybody who watches NFL has. It says a lot of those reckless, risky throws he's done in, let's say, the first three years have been dropped interceptions. Or, you know what I'm saying? And somebody said it feels like it's all, I just saw a random tweet. It's all balancing itself out. Yeah, it says it feels like it. Yeah, it says it feels like it's all catching up. Those reckless left hand throws were in the past would be like a drop pick now is not. And like you said, it's all balancing out. And I, I go back to the coaching thing and like, you know, I, obviously Chiefs fans probably are sitting at home. Andy Reid won them a Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is their entire future. I'm sure they're calling for Spagnola's head, but like you go back to the same thing. How much can you pay one guy and not think it gonna, is going to come out of the offensive line? It's going to come out of the defense. It's going to come out. You, you, they, you go to, Arrowhead, I'm sure it's Mahomes jerseys and Kelsey jerseys and Tyreek Hill jerseys. I'm sure there's not a lot of fucking, I'm sure there's not even a lot of honey badger jerseys. I'm sure there's not a lot of like, uh, they paid the guys and that's just the, that's just the name of the game in the NFL is, you know, you're, you give a guy a half a billion dollars. It's going to come from somewhere. Now, my thing with the, with the chiefs was, Again, take that money, protect him. I know they can't run the ball. And honestly, they shouldn't need to run the ball. They shouldn't need to. Have all your fucking screen passes. Have your jet sweeps. Have all your shovels. Have your essential runs. You don't need to be able to straight up hand the ball off. But you need to be better offensively. And you need to protect Mahomes. Because you can't have it all. Spend the money on your offensive line. If you're if you're going to spend the money on weapons and Mahomes, then then finish the job and spend it on your offensive line and your defense is just going to be what your defense is and just be like, we're going to outscore people. But they're not outscoring people because their defense is what it is and their offense isn't that good. Uh, Listen, I said, I'm here for the hot takes like Andy Reid's on the hot seat. If I am in the front office in Kansas City, Andy Reid is on my hot seat because I'm like, dude, it just seems like you peaked. And it seems like with a half a billion dollars invested in this quarterback, maybe we should be looking for our Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe we should be looking for our Sean McVay. Maybe we should be looking for a guy because where's your, like, what have you done for me lately? You have a long and storied career of not getting it done. You finally get it done with a superhero. And now you're down the other side of that cliff. 
Well, you you know, I I I would personally not put Andy Reid in the hot seat. I, I I think I'm not ready to go where you are, and that's fine. I I think, you know, I saw I read a lot of these like deep dive articles that the that the uh, athletic puts out, and I read one today. It, it was it was comparing this Chiefs team with three different seven and nine Saints teams. Under under uh, you know Sean Payton and Drew Brees like like it was basically it, and it was it was it was a good comparison I thought it was showing how many points the defense was giving up on those Saints team and this team and also how many more interceptions in those three years Drew Brees threw which you know goes back to our point we've been making the last I don't know how many weeks of when you're behind your quarterback starts forcing the ball because you're always playing catch up you're always playing catch up so you have to make riskier throws which usually results in turnovers. So I thought that was interesting. So they are at three and four. So I have to ask you, and I wrote this down. Do the Chiefs make the playoffs? I mean, dude, I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl to start the year. I mean, I I still think that they have to make the playoffs. But like, to me, you have a different bar set for you than like, you know, we're talking about your Bengals fandom and, and saying they're not going to win a playoff game. Like if the chiefs, let's say the chiefs make a playoff, make the playoffs. Now they come in as a low seed. Okay. Let's, let's just say they make the playoffs and they have to, you know, play a road game and they win it. And then they lose. Like that is the equivalent of, you know, a, 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 a not Patrick Mahomes led team. Like, missing the playoffs or going seven to nine or whatever. Like, I just think you, you have to raise the standards. Like they have to get in first and foremost. You can't win a playoff game unless you get into the playoffs, but they also have to win playoff games. Games. To me, that's where I'm at. Like I, well, I, I just think, I just think in this world of sports, you have to, like, you know, you need to buy low, sell high. Like, to me, Andy Reid is on the hot seat if he doesn't win multiple playoff games. He's on the hot seat right now. Okay. To me, if I'm in Kansas City, because I'm like, then what the fuck are we doing here? Do we rest- Patrick Holmes? It, you know, you look at like the Nationals in baseball. I'm sure Nationals fans devastated that they win a World Series and dismantle the team, but they're ahead. They go, we have Juan Soto. He's 20. He's going to be the best hitter in baseball. We can tear it down now and rebuild around this guy before he turns 25. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is still young and is still an incredible quarterback. So like at what point do you have to start thinking, Hey, we got to get ahead of this, get him a new offense in place before. And I'm not saying you have to do that today, but I'm saying if you don't win a, if you don't win multiple playoff games this year, something you might think about doing this off season well, you know, looking ahead, they, they have a their schedule. I'm just looking at it briefly. You know, they still have two with the Raiders, two with the Broncos, one with the Chargers, one with the Chargers at Cincinnati. So, they, I mean, I mean, you talk about that division. They have to win both Broncos games. They have to beat the Chargers to split. They have to split with the Raiders, right? At Cincinnati, Packers at home, 
Steelers at home. I'll tell you what. I think my Giants go there this coming Monday, right? They do. Giants go into Arrowhead and win, which they won't. But if they did, I'd fire Andy Reid out of a cannon. I'm a little surprised that you still are confident they make the playoffs. I mean, I'm not confident they make the playoffs, but I just think, I, you know, it, it's almost like to me, I go back to another baseball thing, like with the Mets and Lindor this year, like they being them being so bad and Lindor not hitting, it just seemed like it was like, oh, well, when he does start to hit, we're in first place, does start to hit. Like to me, it's like, I'm just waiting. It, it seems obvious to me that they, get rolling at some point. Yeah. But, and the longer that they go, obviously the more difficult it is, but like, I just, I just feel like they have a five game win streak in them, you know, you know, I think they very well could as well. The DFC is just, it's, you know, I'm looking again, I'm looking at it right now as we speak. I, I don't know. I don't know who I take as the team to come out of that conference or even the two teams to make it to the conference championship game. Obviously, Tennessee's playing great. I mean, that, they had that terrible loss to New York. Yeah. But since then, they're playing great. The Bills bye week, but they had a tough game. They lose to the Titans. Obviously, Ravens get smoked by Cincinnati. I, I, I don't know. If you ask me right now, who do you like? I picked the Bills to make it to the Super Bowl. I still like that. Now, is there a part of me, by the way, you're fast forwarding ahead talking about the Chiefs and the Pops. Is there a part of me that would love, love a Cincinnati Bengals bye week and then like a Chiefs second round game? Oh, I would love that. I would just love that. And then when the Bengals would lose, I would just proudly say, I told you so. Do you think the Bengals win that division? Um... Bengals have a very I, I can give you a sneak peek, David. After this week at the Jets, they don't, it gets tough. It gets tough. I mean, obviously, obviously it's the Ravens or the Bengals. We know that. You, you don't you don't like the Browns. I mean, at this point, I think I I, I do like the I think the Browns are good. I think the Browns are talented, but I think that. At this point, it's going to be the the Ravens or the or the Bengals. I know it's it's a one game difference right now, but like you're talking about five, two five and two teams. The Ravens just or the Bengals just beat the Ravens. I feel like the you know the Ravens come back. Like I guess this is what I'm saying about this is what I'm saying about the Bengals this year. It's like. I picked the the Browns in the AFC Championship game because I think they have like I I now believe that the Bengals are a better team on paper than the Browns. You do, yeah. From the way that some of these guys have played, the, from the way their defense is playing. I just saw a headline from I was just looking at the Bengals schedule. Just saw a headline from ESPN. This isn't the Bengals of the past. Those are exactly the titles that are just factually wrong now when they win a playoff game you can write this isn't the Bengals of the past but i have already proven statistically five and two record they've done a lot so 
I stand by all that. I'd almost argue even like this isn't the Browns of the past. The Browns win a game with Case Keenum this week. I mean, you talk about, oh, this whole season, if Burrow goes down, if Burrow goes down, it's like, that's the thing. I, I do like Cleveland. You want like me to, how, long, you want me to, how far, how far are we away from the, the, a Cleveland? I mean, Cleveland, Cincinnati, they haven't played yet this year. They've got to, they've they got to have one the week after next week. Okay. You want me to play a quick call about Case Keenum? Sure. Hey boys, it's Nick from Iowa. Hey, after that Browns game the other night, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, I know Joe's real high on Ryan Fitzpatrick and being a career journeyman quarterback. And I want to know if you guys think that Case Keenum is just a couple of years away from being that same guy, a bunch of different teams, uh, lighting it up for him for a few games, flashing them. Uh, personally, I don't think the teams that had him should have let him go. Uh, just want to know what you guys think. Stay dirty, boys. All right, so he's calling for Wyoming, hence the connection problem, I'm assuming. Right. Uh, but we're going to do a, a, a Case Keenum, Ryan Fitzpatrick comparison. Well, I think they're, it's almost different. Like they're, they're different quarterbacks, first of all. Well, for sure, they're different quarterbacks, but they're different versions of, of even like the bat. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is always brought in to start in place of something else happening that like this team has plans or this team's holding a placeholder or this team's whatever. Seems like Case Keenan's brought everywhere to be a backup except for Denver, I guess. And then, yeah, you know, Obviously, he he takes over in Minnesota, and he plays really well. And then Start, he, he started four. I'm looking at his his uh, career. He started 14 games that year. Yeah, and then you know the Broncos. The Broncos. You almost can't even count the Broncos and the, the their quarterback Curse of Kaepernick. Um, then you know he's brought in obviously into Cleveland to back up. So I feel like they're it's different versions of the same thing. Fitzpatrick isn't isn't generally brought in to be a backup. He's brought into like placehold and then ends up being a backup. And the, and Case Keenum seems like besides again on the Broncos to kind of be the reverse. But you know, good for Case Case Keenum. I'll always be a Case Keenum fan because of my hatred of Kirk Cousins, and I'll just always point to like. All the we can do all the Kirk Cousins stats so we want. Let me know when he does as much with the Minnesota Vikings as Case Keenum did. Went eleven and three in his fourteen starts that year. The Minnesota Vikings. He was very efficient that year. He threw for thirty five hundred yards, twenty two touchdowns, seven interceptions, almost sixty eight percent completion percentage. I mean, he had a pretty good year. They obviously won that. Wild playoff game. So Brady threw his 600 touchdown pass yesterday. Yeah. Which is wild. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something. Let's see how close you are. Yeah. So, so Brady threw his 600. How many QBs without looking it up have thrown 250 or more all all time? Well, let's do this. The so so just two hundred and fifty or more career touchdowns to put it in comparison with Brady I mean, 300. 15. 23. 
So only 23 quarterbacks all time have thrown 250 or more. Who's the 23rd? Who has the who's over 250 with the lowest? Drew Drew Bledsoe at 251. And currently playing in the NFL is one, two, three, four, six quarterbacks have thrown 250 or more. Brady, Rogers, Roethlisberger, Ryan, Stafford, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then you have six more that have retired in the last three seasons or whatever. Yeah, right. You have Peyton Manning, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, and, and actually Carson Palmer in the last six seasons. I, I'm just doing that to put it in comparison how, like, for Brady to throw 600, only 23 have thrown 250 or more. Right. And and again, everyone, I, I, I hate... I mean, I, and, and, and but also 600 is, you know, you, you know, how many have thrown 400? It's Eight. A great, it's a great question. Yeah, actually, you're spot on. It's eight. Roethlisberger is the lowest at 403. And then Rogers is throwing 427. But Rogers is, I mean, Rogers is about 80 and back of Brett Favre next in the list. Yeah. So Rodgers would have to play probably two, two and a half more seasons to move up past Brett Favre. And again, the reason I want to present that stuff is because everyone says, oh, it's a, it is a pass heavy league and it's easier for quarterbacks now than ever. But again, you have to stay on the field and the longevity is not easy. Oh yeah. I mean, just to throw... I mean, getting the blood of freshly killed children is not easy. Like that's it. That goes without saying. It is not easy to get blood of children that is still warm. It's hard. You're unbelievable. I stand by it. Like, just look at the guy's face. He does look great. I will say. Look at the guy's face. I, I. I don't know if it's children's, but I don't know what it is, but Tom Brady, I, this is my Tom Brady. This isn't even, by the way, this is saying he's doing nothing wrong. This is saying he's doing nothing wrong, but Tom Brady is absolutely taking something that will one day be banned by the NFL. I will bet everything I have on it. Now that means it's totally legal. And there's a lot, listen, you know, we're probably 50 years away from coffee being banned by the NFL. Who knows? You know, the, the Mets documentary, we were getting, they were getting into the locker room and the entire team was taking methamphetamines. Like, I'm just saying, he's definitely on something that's going to get banned one day. And, it, and it's a 50-50 coin flip that it's warm, fresh blood of children. What do you, or I should ask, have you followed... What happened with his 600 career touchdown pass with the fan, the ball? Mike Evans gave it away. The fan gave it back in exchange for a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, so it was, it was debated. In fact, uh, both Romo and Nance kind of roasted the fan saying, dude, this is a bad deal. Like, like, what are you doing? You know, saying you have all the leverage. They said this on air. So, this is the latest. As far as the trade, Brady gets the ball back after Evans gave it to the fan. The fan will receive, well, he already did, a, a different game ball 
A thousand dollar. What the fuck ever? I know. I couldn't agree more. A thousand dollar gift card to the team store, which to me is like unbelievable. Did you know how, expensive how about a thousand dollar bill? Yeah. You know how expensive that stuff is too. thousand dollars in the team store doesn't go much. Promise of helmet, a couple jerseys in parentheses, something nice in return per Tom Brady. Very vague generalities. I, I, he definitely got swindled here. Yeah. Although, listen, if I'm if I'm me, if I'm Joe Prano, and Tom Brady gives me like a something nice in return, you know, if he's if he that. I would almost argue that that's more valuable than like the half a million dollars. I'm going to be like, all right, Brady, listen, here's the deal. I'm going to fucking call you when I need something nice in return. You owe me a favor now. You know, I'm going fucking full Italian. And I'm like, there's something nice in return might be a bigger ask than he's prepared. But, you know, listen, I didn't tell you you had to say something nice in return. But now it's something nice in return. Let's talk about it. Yeah. I want to live at your apartment when you're out of town. Well, Romo kept referencing. Did, did you catch this? He kept referencing a date with Giselle. Yeah. Also creepy Romo. Like what? Like how about like. <laughs> you mentioned it multiple times. I know. Why does, does Romo really. Romo such a dork. He doesn't realize Giselle probably has model friends that aren't also married to Tom Brady. Like dude, maybe just ask for a date with one of her friends. Yeah. If I'm the kid, I'm like, yeah. Hey. Giselle's got to have a, a friend. Great negotiation. She wants to go out. Uh, uh, you, you buy us dinner. Tom, you're look. buying dinner with you know. I want a double date with you and Giselle. Romo's like, I want to, I want, I want your wife. Weird take. Yeah, let's let's see if this is a clip. NFL history. <laughs> right here, he's like, we need that ball. That's six hundred. What? Really? So what do you want? A million? No. Oh, no, a this, date with this, Giselle. A date with on. Giselle, and I'm in. Tom, okay, Tom will do it. He'll love it. One time, you got it. And, and he did. And he did it again. Creeper. You're not getting. Uh, Remember, you're not getting laid. What's going on here? Yeah, he's got a beautiful wife too. Former yeah, Miss Missouri. She's playing hide and go seek from him. He comes home. He comes home from his weekends with Nance. He has to stand in the corner. One, <laughs> two, three. Where are you, baby? And I love the amount of people who are not getting that reference. Do you think Romo just watched Indecent Proposal? It was on his mind. Like, do you think he just saw it? I feel like Indecent Proposal is like a 50 times better movie than anything Tony Romo's ever watched. Like, I feel like Tony Romo's favorite movie is like Talladega Nights. Yeah, I bet you're right. He like has a poster in his man cave. You yeah, know I, I can, mean, I could see that behind the actual cave that he hides in when he plays yeah. hide and seek. For anybody who doesn't get that reference, Romo played hide and seek on his bachelor party. As his bachelor party, he played hide and seek. It was his bachelor party. His bachelor party was a bunch of guys going out into a cabin in the woods and playing hide and go seek. And then they all had uh, Brokeback Mountain gay sex. Okay. Allegedly. I, don't know, I don't know how that's related. Allegedly. There's nothing homosexual about hide and go seek. I, I would say it is in the woods with a bunch of dudes. I don't know. I would say I it's it, very dorky. Yeah. I think it could get sexual. I think, I think, uh, I think if you showed up to a gay bachelor party and suggested hide and go seek that you would be kicked out immediately. True. It's a good point. They'd be like, bitch, 
This isn't this isn't some straight dude bachelor party where we're playing hide and go seek. We get fucking turned. Yeah. Is this what y'all straight boys are doing? Playing freeze tag? Get the fuck out of here. You you know what we used to do for my uh my buddy's birthday party? Speaking of hide and seek. It's so funny to think this now. Dude, parents would never allow this. My buddy used to, we used to go to the Cincinnati Cyclones games, their minor league hockey team. And they used to play at the old Cincinnati Gardens, also where Xavier used to play. Oh, it's like a 10,000 seat arena. It doesn't even exist anymore, right? When we were third and fourth graders in the whole arena, his dad would let us leave our seats and just play hide and seek in the entire arena. <laughs> like, think about that 10,000 seat arena. We're, we're playing hide and seek with each other. No parental supervision. I'm talking as young as nine, 10 years old. Like, that's pretty wild to think. Yeah. You're, you're just letting some, ten, some kids in the popcorn machine. <laughs> you're letting 10, 10 to 12, nine, 10 year olds just run around an entire arena trying to find each other. That was reckless. Yeah, but Bengals haven't won a playoff game since. Uh, I'm going to get so much hate. I already know I am. That's fine. Joe, I swear, though, if I had a dollar for every time I heard this year is different. It's not. Can't do it. Won't do it. And then and then when they win, I'll say, okay, it's different, guys. You got me. The same way the, the, the Cubs, it wasn't different until they won the World Series or the Red Sox. It's not different until it happens. Now we got to go over some NFC games at this point. How long can Nagy be the coach? Like, did you watch any of that game? How long can Nagy be? Yeah. How long can he coach without from the, from the Andy Reed offensive genius tree? Yeah. How's he not fired already? Yeah. I don't get it. Score three points. And, and these are the type of games that you could argue like ruin a rookie quarterback for their career. Like if you have enough of these in your rookie season, confidence is real. You would have to assume Justin Fields right now is so low confidence wise. Cause they don't make it easy on him. That's, yeah. that's the thing is like, I, I just feel like with these guys, you got to start somewhere. You got to make it easy. Like that's the thing with the McVay Goff Stafford situation was they, they got very far making it easy on Goff. And then yeah. they were like, we can't win a Super Bowl making it easy on Goff. And we can't make it hard on him. So let's go get somebody that we can make it hard on. Sure. I, I couldn't agree more. You gotta get rid of you gotta get rid of Nagy. They could have Jason Garrett if they want. Maybe well, he was, brings some stability. I, I mean, was he's thinking, out, he's now out there putting his he's literally having his quarterback go over the middle. I, well, I was thinking of you when I was watching uh when you watched when you watched the hang like, Daniel Jones out to dry on a passing play now. Now we're now we're, now we're making him a receiver. Well, not just that. I was thinking of you when they failed by the goal line. They failed fourth down. Oh, yeah. That play call. I was like, oh, Prano's going nuts. 
the well, the the play calls will all lead up to it. They did it's the exact same thing they did against the Cowboys. You're just running into the fucking line. It's like it's so horribly bad. And then this has some, been something ha- that's happened the whole year. The Jason Garrett refuses to be creative at all as an offense, except the two times a game that he does something wildly insane, like triple reverse fucking quarterback passes. It's the only thing he's like, I've heard people don't think I'm creative. What if we do a a quadruple pass? And you're like, dude, why don't you just fucking run play action? (laughs) Like Jesus, how about just fake a handoff and throw the ball instead of like a, a, a jet sweep reverse past your quarterback where he's literally taking hits as he catches the ball. We're throwing Daniel Jones, the ball in traffic. Hey, you won. Great. When we, when we're now at the point of the season where we don't want to win, would have been nice to win a game when we weren't five games back. Yeah. You win the Washington game and you win the, uh, what was the game right after that? The other one that they fucking blew the Falcons game. Now I want to win this Carolina Panthers game. Then you're four and three, a two and five. The Panthers have now lost four in a row. Yeah. I mean, Sam Darnold without Christian McCaffrey turned back into a pumpkin. I mean, that's part of the league, though. You know what I mean? That's part of the deal. Like, we judge all of these guys. We love to judge all these guys, like, uh, you know, in a vacuum. He went when they had an all-world running back who's carrying their running game, who's giving him easy throws, who's doing whatever. He looks a lot better. The Panthers, you know, uh, are now in the Deshaun Watson mix, supposedly. But, like, and what? Like, and what do you have? Like, you that, that team needs Christian McCaffrey. Um, this is not making excuses for Sam Darnold. I'm just like Sam Darnold is what he is. But look at the level of play when he has a Christian McCaffrey and when he doesn't. Yeah. No, I I, I get it. I, I just the, the Deshaun thing is interesting. Sam I guess- Darnold, I actually going back to our caller has has real Ryan Fitzpatrick vibes. I could see him being the guy that keeps bringing being brought into places as a placeholder while they figure out what's next Ah, and stockpiling 10 years of NFL stats before we know it. Yeah, that well, that in that regard, they're comparable. Obviously, one was a what six or seventh round pick and the other one's a right top five pick. I'll be real curious what happened. You just mentioned it with Deshaun Watson. I assume a trade's going to happen. Deadline's November 2nd. Well, it's the classic NFL. They, they don't, what, what, what they do is, so I don't know if you know how this works. The, the I think it's called the player exempt list that the commissioner can put you on. Mm-hmm. They don't put good players on that list. Right. 
I was watching, uh, who was it? It was Rappaport because Rich, Rich Eisen was asking about that. Why is he not on this list? And it was the same thing with Antonio Brown. Basically, if you're charged with a felony, you can be put on that list or something along those lines. And Antonio Brown was the same way, but it's like, oh, he's too good. We're not like, it's funny. They'll make these exceptions for good players. Yeah. The NFL just ignores it. But the only team he said he would go to is Miami. So I don't know if that would change. That's the only team that's we know if he went to Denver. If Honestly, he to I'd rather go to if I was him, I'd rather go to Carolina. I mean, I don't know if he just wants to be in Miami. I don't know what the masseuse situation is in these two towns. But I'd rather be on Carolina than be on the Dolphins. Team-wise, division-wise. Yeah. You have, you have, how long is Brady going to keep playing for? The Saints don't look like they've, they're, they're in a great situation with Jameis. The Falcons, Matt Ryan's going to be done soon. Like, I think that that division is prime for the taking in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, you have an offensive-minded coach if they keep him. Oh, and I think they should. I think Rule's done a good job, and they have Brady, uh, you know, the passing guru. From LSU. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I I think that's that's probably a better place to go. Then then the team then a division with Buffalo that's set to be whatever they are for a little while with the Patriots who, you know, <laughs> as long as Bill Belichick's there, it would scare me. I, I'm telling you, and that's a team. I was just gonna bring them up at three and four, who I think could sneak in. Because even their losses, they've had some tough close losses. I think that's a team that could sneak in. The Jets are a debacle. I guess yeah. Wilson's out two to four weeks. How many more years in that bet? With Kyle? I don't know. This might be your five. Man. I thought that was a crazy bet, but it just looks better and better. Like I watch the Jets and I watch Wilson, I actually feel sorry for the guy. It's yeah. it's it's watching a gazelle get chased by a, a herd of lions. You know it's not going to end well, and you know that gazelle is going to get eaten. And Zach Wilson, you know he's that gazelle, just getting sandwiched by defenders. Well, and that and this is where the by the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back to the bet. That's where the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick thing with me came from, which is like. I did call Ryan Fitzpatrick bad before that. But when he goes to the Jets and he wins 10 games, I'm like, oh, dude, the, the number of teams, the number of players the Jets have just gotten killed who've been just terrible there because they're such a fucking shit-run organization. I was like, go, going 10 and 6 with the Jets is like going, you know, 14 and 2 and winning the Super Bowl if you're on the Steelers. Like, that's... I. I I mean, honestly, I bet you historically there's less quarterbacks to win 10 games with the Jets than there are quarterbacks who won 14 games with the Steelers. Yeah. Well, that was when I was like, you know what? I'm wrong. Brian Fitzpatrick's got a little fire in him. I like this guy. 
And now, well, and, and, you know, we know, we know what happened after that. Well, you know, we're talking about Zach Wilson and his health. I, I think what he should do, Zach, if you're listening, I know you've got some downtime now that your rehab is, you should sign up for crowd health because it'll, it'll show you the best way to get the best services for your health insurance. That's what I should do. I, I, don't, I don't know what his health insurance situation is with either. the NFL, Joe. I don't think any of us know. But uh, more than half of the Americans are on a high deductible health insurance plan on the hook for thousands of dollars of deductibles, co-pays, and high premiums. Now, CrowdHealth will help you with this. Now, it isn't health insurance. I want to make that clear. It's not health insurance. It's a better way to pay medical expenses. And Zach Wilson, I have a feeling you're going to be paying a lot of medical expenses as long as you play on the New York Jets. It's a, uh, it's a membership as a monthly subscription. You can start or stop it whenever it's convenient for you. It's as simple and transparent pricing, customized to fit your needs. CrowdHealth Crowd lowers your monthly healthcare costs and you can see any doctor you want. Basically, you use their app. You find any doctor in the country, ranked from a one to five star. You can scan bills and throw them away. CrowdHealth takes it from there. Press a button to receive virtual care anytime, anywhere. And uh, it's a community of health-conscious members who wants you to get healthy and stay healthy in return for lower prices. Virtual care anytime, anywhere. That's right. CrowdHealth is able to offer amazing prices because of its community of health-conscious members. But for a limited time, dirty sports listeners get their first month free. And after you've been a member, CrowdHealth will include a fitness wearable. That's 30 days to try risk-free plus a fitness wearable. And by fitness wearable, I mean something like a Fitbit. Just go to joincrowdhealth.com forward slash fit and enter code dirty at sign up. Once again, that's joincrowdhealth.com forward slash fit, promo code dirty. Now, now you got to remember, CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a community-powered alternative. Terms and conditions might, may apply. So sign up for that, Zach Wilson, because... Uh, You're going to need it. Yeah, and maybe Joe Burrow, too. I see you shaking your head over there. Shameful. Do you think he starts all wishing, 17 games? Wishing injury on it. I'm not whisking injury. I'm not whisking injury on Joey B. Whisking? I'm just saying. I hope you're not he, whisking injury. When he gets lit up and knocked out of a game, I might say I told you so. I, I don't think I'm crazy to say I still would have drafted Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase. I don't think that's a crazy take. I mean, at what point? Is there anything that can happen? You you need like multiple years of production from a receiver. I just do. You, do you see my point? Like like Joe. I and, and about I, this, listen. This, I understand that my my this, but, problem with the Odell Beckham uh, drafting was I was like, cool. And what are we doing with this guy who's so awesome when we don't have an offensive line to protect anybody? And then years later. Uh, you know, he's throwing the quarterback who's not getting protected under the bus because he can't get him the ball. And it's like, yeah, this is what happens when you don't have a fucking offensive line. But their offensive line is playing OK. But to me, to me, Od Odell is that case. Like, I'm glad you brought him up. Like, like I'm to the point now with both running back and receiver. Basically, like I said, skill positions. 
I think the, we, we both agree the most important position is the quarterback. So you do all things possible to protect that guy. Someone of Joe Burrow's talent will make the average receiver really good. That's right. all I'm saying. My, but my problem was it was so obvious that they had offensive line deficiencies that how do you take this guy when you have that? And, you know, maybe Zach Taylor knows something that we didn't know, which is that their offensive line is fine. And he had an opportunity to get a great receiver. I mean, Burrow's getting hit, but he's, it's not like he's the most pressured quarterback in the league or anything. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what the stats are for most hit, uh, most pressures. I don't, I don't know. I, sh I should look that up. I'd be curious to see what those numbers say. Was there anything else from this week that stood out for you in particular that we haven't discussed yet or you want to discuss? Mm, nothing that nothing I can think of nothing that jumps out at me. I'll take a look at the. Not really. I mean, the, the Raiders looking fantastic so far I'll, without their coach. I'll tell you what, man, I, I think that's, that is something good to bring up. I took them in both our pick them in my pick six league that I'm in to cover and their offense is not missing a beat and their D's pretty good. Yeah. I would argue now that they've won two in a row without Gruden, I, I would argue that's all behind them. I think it is clearly. And they're going to be a tough team to beat. That's going to be a fun division to watch play out because if Kansas and they're, City and they're up 30 to seven in that game. Yeah, at one point. I mean, the, the the Eagles. You love to see it. Hurts so good, doesn't it? Yeah, I love. I mean, honestly, the best part about the Jalen Hurts era so far is that he does get these late touchdown drives where he goes from having seventy nine yards to having two hundred and twenty five yards and a touchdown and whatever. It's like great. Keep him forever. Yeah. Well, they're also a team. I don't know if you saw that was discussed. Oh, I'm sorry to trade uh, for Deshaun Watson. Well, I mean, if his choices are living in Miami, Carolina, or Philadelphia, I hope I hope he at least has a travel agent that's on his team. <laughs> I hope I hope somebody's like, bro, uh, have you been to Philadelphia? <laughs> You want me to play? Uh, I like how I've just been mixing calls in. You want Let's me to play? Why don't, I, why don't I play this call? Because it's an NFL-related call. Okay. Hey, guys. Nebraska Dirtball. Stop me if you heard this one already, but which NFL division has the best group of helmets from design, color, history, which four are the top? I think it's between the NFC East and the NFC North, just with the Cowboys' history, the Giants' history. Uh, the Eagles, I think, is a is a great design helmet. Uh, if we're going with Washington when they before they came to Washington football team, then I think that's a landslide. I think that's a, a solid set of four there. But for right now, I think it's tough because 
the new Washington helmets don't have a lot of history to back them up, and I think it's kind of a lame number design. But the North, Packers, Bears, I mean, Vikings, I think it's that's a solid four. Um, you know, I think a couple other logos since they've changed, I really hurt them. But uh, as far as the group, those are my top two. What do you guys think? All right, see ya. Uh, I I really like that. I really like his selections after his after he posed the question because I think those are two divisions where I mean the Lions helmet is like mm, meh, but it's you know it's silver dome blah blah blah. Like of the eight teams, obviously we're including Washington's pre helmet and current. Like I actually don't hate Washington's current helmet. Uh, I like the colors. I like the number, especially in place of, you know, when they were doing it. But like the Redskins helmet, if you take out the, you know, the the connotation or whatever, it was a cool design. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the otherwise, when you go around the league. Yeah, I'm looking. Th- there's always a team in every division that has a shit helmet. Like the NFC West is was- great. The Rams helmet sucks. Yeah. The current Rams helmet sucks. The NFC South, the Carolina helmet is terrible. Uh, so then you got the NFC East and the NFC North, I think are both solid. And I, I love the Packers. I like the Vikings helmet. I like the Bears helmet. Detroit is the, the distant fourth in that. Giants, Philly, Dallas, all classic, all great. The two AFC of West is really good. AFC West, I don't like. I like the old Broncos helmet way better than the new ones. Um, but that would be my other one that I got in the mix is the AFC West. Um, the AFC North is pretty solid too. I don't love the Ravens unis and helmets, but like the AFC North is pretty solid. The AFC South is an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, I agree. And, and the AFC East, like the Jets. like I like the, the best, Bills. Yeah, I don't love it though. The best one by far is like Miami, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Miami's the best. I would say the AFC West and the AFC North in the AFC, and then the North and East in the NFC. Okay, worst helmet in the NFL. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go Carolina. I'm like gonna go, I'm gonna go Tennessee. I just think Tennessee's, yeah, Tennessee's bad too. How about the Texans? The Texans is bad. Texans is bad too. Okay, best helmet in the NFL. I mean, the Raiders is pretty great. I love the Raiders. The Raiders is pretty great. I know you hate the Bengals, but as far as what they are, like I'm not a fan of the Bengals uniforms, but like for what they are, it's like, oh, it's kind of interesting. The Chargers, the Chargers current helmets are fucking unbelievable. Well, the Chargers uniforms, them going old school. Awesome. was a huge upgrade. I think that, that, yeah. And yeah. I'm biased. I mean, the classic, the Giants, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a recent change, but going back to the NY from the Giants is, that's just a classic. Right? Yeah. I'm not as, you know, I know a lot of people are probably saying Cowboys. I'm not as big on the Cowboys. Yeah. The star. Yeah, the AFC West, you're right. Is I think it's not, or I'm sorry, the, the AFC and NFC, NFC West. The NFC West is nice minus the Rams. Yeah. 
I like those. Well, the World Series is here. We have I our teams. Know. Let's go. Strohs and bros. Strohs and bros. Big Astros fan. Fuck the Braves. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Come on. I mean, you're, you know, you're a Ram Seahawks fan. You're not rooting for the uh, one of the other two teams if they make it into the Super Bowl. I, you're not. I, I mean, you're not rooting for the Cardinals. You'd be rooting for the Astros versus the Cardinals. No, if the Cardinals win the Super Bowl, I'd probably root for them because I like Kyler Murray. No, sorry. If if the if the St. Louis Cardinals were in this World Series against the Astros. Oh yeah, I I couldn't root for the Cardinals. Yeah. So there we go. But. Listen, it's a it. This is an interesting World Series too. I mean, the Dodgers undone by their own overthink. I mean, the the handling of the pitching staff during that series was a debacle. The Braves were great, and yeah, but I mean, it, it's amazing. Like of all of all the teams, where you get the Giants, the Dodgers. That, that we end up with the Braves in the in the World Series. Props to them. I hope they die like dogs. Good job getting this far. I hope the I hope I may be banging a drum. I might be banging a garbage can to tell the Astros when <laughs> they're like, you're not even affiliated with the team. I'm like, so what? So I can't bring binoculars do, and, a, and think, a small garbage can to the games. Do you think we'll be done in the future? Not done, but it's going to change that we're not going to see as many starting pitchers as relievers. Cause it really didn't work out this postseason. You, you like, I think that's such a great aspect of the postseason. I really think it's just more like you need to th this idea that like, we're just going to have bullpen days is just so reckless. It's just so reckless. Oh, we're just going to start Joe Kelly. What? What the fuck is happening? Like, this, this is a terrible strategy. The analytics, I know there's the analytics of all the stuff. The analytics that prove that you're better off throwing out a bullpen guy who usually warms up for 15 minutes as opposed to a starter who has a whole process. Do whatever you can to get like to me that that's where analytics go awry. Yeah. Some things are the way they are for good reason. These guys oh, entire careers on how to prep for games. And they're like, no, actually now you're a starter today. What? But like, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like when we grew up, Unless I'm wrong, I just don't remember starters really going into these playoff games. Uh, I mean, we you go back to, you know, you go back to Randy Johnson, you know, closing games. Was he doing that with the Diamondbacks? Yeah, even even uh, the Astros, and you know, I think he came out of the pen for the the Mariners. But that's definitely. I mean, it's definitely not something that was happening in the nineties and the eighties, but you have to do it. You can't do it when it's going to cost you them on another end. That's where it's reckless. That's what I'm saying though. 
The Astros are the favorites right now. Let's go, Stros and Bros. I just hope that they fill the seats in Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta has terrible fans in general for sports. Like, I would assume they would sell out a World Series. Two Chains is there. I think Two Chains would be going to a baseball game. I don't know. You don't hear much from Two Chains anymore. No, but he is a big. He is a big uh, Hawks fan, isn't he? Yeah. Remember my. Remember how obsessed I was with Two Chains for a while. Yeah, I love Two Chains. He's like the king of "I'm great" on the song, but yeah, featuring Two Chains. I have a whole playlist. It's just called "Feet Two Chains." Yeah, it's just Two Chains featuring on tracks versus his own album. That'd be a fun list to make. Like people who were great features. Like Nate Dogg's got to be up there. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Oh, little shade. Doggy style was great. And and what's the other one that's great? That's what I, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> Snoop peaked as far as solo albums. He peaked at his first album. But if you did top five all features. I'd have to put Nate Dogg up there. Yeah. Dude, he was so good on the hook. You put Snoop up there? No, I'm just saying he's a guy who I think, you know, that ends up being like what you go through like, oh, my favorite Snoop Dogg songs are like, yeah, Doggy Style and then like him featuring for the last 25 years. (laughs) I have said this, you know, his fee used to be $100,000 cash. He feature any song. It's just like the Dirty Sports podcast. Hundred dollar, crisp one hundred dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, show up to Andy Ruther's basement for a live taping of Dirty Sports. Yeah, or if you want to come to my house for Halloween, hundred dollars, you can watch me give out candy to kids. You pull who that you, clip. Are, I mean, are you? Or who are you rooting for in this World Series? I don't really care. But do you? I mean, is are do you still hold any? ill will toward the like are you like well fuck the astros yeah i don't really like the astros although i used to really dislike the braves growing up too yeah because they always won so i like didn't like them a lot should be a good series though i mean especially because it's you know in houston uh to start i i'm excited I, i i i have a prediction that it won't rate well does anybody care about the astros braves I was just going to say, I mean, I do, but I think it'll be a good series, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're like the lowest rated world series and blah, blah, blah. I mean, football is just such king. It really is. I mean, people don't care. Which, by the way, I do have to mention, because we've talked a lot about it on the show. Congress is now putting on pressure for the NFL to release the emails. Love it. Not love it. Not good for football. I'm right. sorry for the NFL. So the house over and, and, and whatever, you know, I'm not the biggest guy on politicians in general, but the house committee on oversight and reform is calling on Cadell to not only release the emails, just to provide the findings. They're not even releasing the findings of their quote unquote investigation. This was the whole thing about the Kaepernick thing, right? Like they said, like the idea was that they paid him off because they didn't want people reading their shit. Yeah. So basically, for anyone who hasn't seen this, they wrote to the NFL 
the uh, House Committee in, on Oversight and Reform. And now the NFL is going to have to respond. And basically, they've said, if you guys don't cooperate with us, we're going to bring you in via a Facebook-type hearing under oath. So now the NFL is... I'm all about that. Let's go. Now, look, I would argue, because I'm already seeing people saying, is this really how we want to spend our taxpayer dollars? I would argue, I I see that point. And I remember that's what happened when the... Well, it's, I mean, also, it's the 50 millionth thing on the list you should be upset that we're using our tax dollars on. Sure, exactly. I would argue football is such an important part of the American society at this point and such a staple part. Yeah, I, 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 I know people would counter argue that, but I would argue it's, yeah, I do want to know. I want to know what was going on. The NFL did this to themselves. I have zero, like, zero sympathy towards the NFL in that regard. You don't conduct a massive investigation with 650,000 emails. And then just not only are you not releasing the emails, you're not releasing the findings of the investigation. Why even do an investigation? If you're not going to release anything. Yeah. Cause then they could say they did. Oh, we investigated it. It's the guy, it's the guy checking, uh, you know, the, the, the gif, the meme of the guy that's like, doesn't touch anybody as he pats him down. Yeah. You're good. So I'm all for it too. I, I, I would enjoy seeing Roger Goodell having to speak. Oh, it'd be so great. You know, give, give me, just give me something. I, I, I want to see what was going on. Yeah. I do have to give an update as well, real quick, on Coach O. Okay. Now, we, we were moving quickly last episode. Dirtball tweets something out. I have no link and context. It was actually a story by The Athletic. I ended up reading it. I sent it to you. It's a, it's, a deep, it's a deep dive. It came out October 17th. The title of the story on Coach O's fallout from LSU is he lost track of who he was inside Ed Orgeron's fall from celebrated son of Louisiana to LSU coaching pariah. And basically, it, it's a deep dive piece that Coach O basically, after they won a title, for lack of better terms, he cared more about uh, women than football, it seems. Like he was bringing women around. He got divorced six weeks after they won. All this stuff was happening. But uh, we do have an update on the story, which I love. The editor's note. The story has been updated to reflect that the woman Ed Orgeron encountered at a gas station was not pregnant, as previously Uh, reported. that's That's important. So the woman that Coach O hit on in the workout attire was not pregnant. Uh on behalf of Coach O, who will not be making an appearance on the show today. Oh, he won't? I would just, I would just like to say that. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. He made it clear that he was not hitting on her. He needed somebody to work out with. Okay. So I take the man at his word. Yeah. Now I'll have to read the story. And maybe we'll have to get him on in a future episode to okay. check in. I like that. How the- I, I mean, this, the story, Prano, the story is pretty wild because the story, like I said, it, it's basically saying. After they won the title and play and like, you know, anonymous players are quoting that they're like, dude, he would be bringing different girls around now. Suddenly it's not all about practice. It's not about, he was such a detail oriented guy. And 
suddenly he's showing this girl at this facility and and it was like this is this is essentially what I argued earlier on in the show about Andy Reid. He was, you know, he was all football. And now he's like, he's coming in with a rack of ribs and he's like, yeah, let's check out our locker room. And they're like, he's like, this is this is where I could eat you tomorrow if you play your cards right. Yeah. Well, I do think Coach O was doing a lot of slides into the DMs and uh Andy Reeves just doing a lot of sliders in his DMs. <laughs> a lot of small burgers. Piled. See what you did there. I see what you did there. Now, Coach O was also, I don't remember that that picture leaked of that woman in bed with Coach O. Like all this stuff was coming out. Yeah. Right after they won. To the victor go the spoils. Yeah. But also, you know, like. I'm not saying it's right and all that. I don't really care what somebody does with their personal life or their sex life, but you know, good for coach. O. he went through a divorce. The guy wants to go get laid, but my, my point is not everybody's going to be Nick Saban. I, I, I mean, a eunuch who cut off his penis in, <laughs> in a deal with the devil. I, I watch, you know, I'm a big fan of NFL networks, a football life. And I watched the one on Nick Saban like a month or two ago. I mean, that's his life, which I'm sure surprises no one. But and he was open about it. And I, I do like how they detail that in the episode. Is he talks about it, you know, missed a lot of his son and daughter's stuff in their life. And that's why it was so important. I love how he was like, it was so important to be at my daughter's wedding. Well, no shit, dude. It's your daughter's wedding. But his son and daughter both talk about that on the episode. And I did appreciate the transparency of not denying. I missed a lot of stuff, but I also see that. And I think, dude, you're the best college football coach of all time, but that's, that's not the life I want. Like you're just not involved with your family because to get to that level, that's what you have to do. Right. Yeah. Whether it's him or some of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. I think it's just, and and it sucks because for athletes you get an off season. For coaches, you really don't. You don't. It's nonstop. But I like your new theory, Joe. I I want to go back to that. I like this theory that <laughs> that he's a eunuch. And his penis chopped. <laughs> well, I think that was part of the deal with the devil. You had to make you had to make a sacrifice. Tom Brady was there with a warm mug of beer, a warm mug of baby blood being like, I'm telling you, Nick, it's a good deal. I'd take it if I were you. You remember after the 20s? I, I kept know. my, I kept my dick, but now I gotta, now I gotta drink 96 ounces of fresh baby blood every day. So. You remember after, I don't remember this. We laughed about this on the show after the 2016. Like, I can't go to my daughter's wedding. And he's like, could be worse. You could, you could kiss your son on the mouth every day. I'm at my son's wedding as the bride. You may kiss your dad. You remember it was reported after the uh, 2016 election that Saban said he didn't know who won. Yeah, it's wild. Like, that's the type of life this guy has. The hotline is 310-359-8365. We did some calls throughout the show. We'll do some more next episode. But uh, 
Thank you for everyone who has called. And we'll get to some more next episode. Again, it's 310-359-8365. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. And if you would like two Dirty Sports koozies, simply leave a podcast review with that Instagram or Twitter handle, and I will DM you for your address and send those koozies in the mail. Joe will be on the road a lot starting next week, so you can see him where? Uh, Well, yeah, next weekend in Wilmington, North Carolina, at Dead Crow Comedy Club, and then in Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida, the following Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Comedy Key West Comedy Club in Key West, Florida, all with Eddie Ift. We just had a fantastic weekend down in uh, San Diego. Bunch of dirt balls came out to the shows across the weekend. So thank you guys for coming out. Um, to all you dirt balls who make it out to shows, say hi after the show. I took some pictures with some dirt balls after the show, and then some people just like ran out the door. So, you know, make sure I know you're a dirt ball. Sometimes uh, guys will like wave on their way out. One kid came, didn't say anything, and then was like, awesome show. Love the podcast. I was like, why didn't you say hello? So if you guys come to shows, hit me up in advance, even let me know you're going to be there. Um, Wilmington, North Carolina, Naples, Florida, Key West, Florida, the next couple of weeks, all on JoePrano.com. Um, and all with Eddie Yift, who's also a fantastic comic. So come out and check out the shows. Cool. All right, Dirtballs, that is our show. Thank you for tuning in. You guys have a lovely week. And as always, stay dirty. <laughs>